0: I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, are you interested in moving out of the Bay Area and settling down in one of America's charming small towns? Has the pandemic shift to remote work given you the freedom to ponder such a move? Well, it turns out some places are willing not only to welcome you with open arms, but pay you handsomely. Across the country, communities looking to add residents are offering incentives to newcomers up to $20,000 in some spots. My guest to talk about it is Carolyn Saeed, a Chronicle reporter. She's been covering a lot of the big societal changes wrought by the coronavirus. Carolyn, how are you?
1: Good, good to see you. And no, I have not moved to Topeka, Kansas yet, although it's tempting.
0: Yeah, I wondered whether you came across this maybe while you were browsing the and <laughs> looking to move. Is this not a first-person story?
1: <laughs> not yet, not yet. But I did see, speak to somebody who, um, I actually spoke to a couple of people who just came across it while they were browsing the internet, and one woman, you know, never thought she'd leave California, and she did move to Topeka, Kansas. So wow. you never know wow. what might happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it... it, it yeah it's a little bit tempting it's a little tempting uh, so let's start with just talking about what these offers are what What are these towns doing
1: so a variety of small towns and also kind of rural counties are offering cash and a variety of other perks to people who move there, remote workers who stay at least a year, sometimes two years and um the the offers can range from some are just like a lot you know you can build a house there they'll give you a lot worth 3000 but the more lucrative ones are amounts substantial amounts of money like maybe $10,000 $12,000 plus a variety of perks to move there and live there for at least a year
0: or two wait you just said there are lots worth $3000 i have to get over that for a minute
1: yes i know <laughs> and some of these offers require you to buy a house for at least two hundred thousand dollars
0: wow wow yeah it does remind me carolyn a little bit about the way that companies even in the bay area but especially across the country sometimes pick cities based on incentives and 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 cities would actually compete you know for companies like twitter say move here and we'll give you tax incentives now it seems to be happening with people
1: you're exactly right in fact several of the towns said this is a version of the beauty shows that they have for companies, you know, like, you know, you remember a few years ago, all the little towns in America were desperately trying to get Amazon to open, or big towns too, were trying to get Amazon to open a second headquarters there. And some of them figured out that they could not, they they still, of course, want to attract companies. They'd be thrilled to have companies move in with manufacturing and jobs. They also figured out they can just do it retail one at a time. They can attract, you know, a a few hundred, for for, um, a few hundred workers in a town that's maybe a population 100,000 can make a difference. These are people who will come there with good salaries from the Bay Area or from Chicago or New York, and they will be part of the community and they'll spend their money there. And so that's an economic boost for these little towns.
0: Carolyn, you mentioned cash offers, you mentioned a home lot. There were some more unusual ones though, right?
1: The most fun one was a year's worth of Jimmy John's sandwiches in Topeka, Kansas, which I guess a local specialty. Um, in Arkansas, they're giving a mountain bike in West Virginia, they are paying for a year's worth of outdoor activities valued at like $8,000. You know, they're including equipment rentals and whatever else you need to go skiing, rock climbing, whitewater rafting, you know, like emphasizing that it's a great place to, um, have outdoor recreation. And I mean, that's the lure of a lot of these places. It's not just the money. The money is to get people to pay attention. And then they're saying, look at our community. We have fabulous access to outdoor recreation. We have a slow pace of life. We have a friendly, tight-knit community. And we have a really affordable cost of living compared to what you're used to if you're coming from the Bay Area.
0: Yeah. And and then sandwiches, if if that's (laughs) not enough. All right, Carolyn. So how much is this a product of remote work? Is it totally a product of the pandemic?
1: No, some of these offers actually predate the pandemic. But once the pandemic started and, and everybody started working remotely, they started getting a ton more interest. And then more offers have sprung up just as one, the, um, the one in West Virginia actually just launched like this month. And others have the one in Michigan just started late last year. And I would expect to see a lot more going forward, because everything hasn't really shaken out on remote work yet. A lot of people who've worked remotely during the pandemic don't really know for sure if they can continue doing it long term or not. But as they find that out, they might then be interested in relocating.
0: And are we talking about a lot of tech workers from California? Or do you think the spectrum of people is is broader than that?
1: I think the spectrum is broader. I think people will relocate from, you know, lots of other urban areas besides California. Um I do think the remote workers will tend to be in tech or tech-related industries because those are the ones where you can work remotely. I mean, you have, you know, people who sit in front of a computer and talk on a phone have the option to work remotely. So so I wouldn't expect to see kind of a heavy concentration from the tech industry.
0: And where are we in a larger way in knowing whether people can can move. I mean, how many people in the Bay Area know what their companies are going to support and whether it's going to be possible?
1: I think it's still a little early for that. I've seen a survey that said about half of companies say they will allow full-time remote work. Um, it's a much larger percentage that say they'll allow you know, a hybrid of remote work and in-person work. But a lot of companies haven't really said for sure if they're going to allow it. And I think workers aren't certain yet if if that's going to work out for them, if they'll end up being a second class citizen, if they're not in the office getting FaceTime and in meetings in person, so I, I think you know we're going to see a lot of change and a lot of that shake out in the in the next year as we reopen post pandemic and um, see what the new reality is.
0: All right, let's take a quick break. More with Carolyn Said when we return on Fifth and Mission. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bolwa, joined by reporter Carolyn Said of The Chronicle. We're talking about relocation bonuses that some small towns are offering, including to California residents who might have newfound freedom in the pandemic. Carolyn, you spoke to Brad Smith, the former CEO of Intuit. He talked about financing a program that offered cash, outdoor activities to people who relocate to West Virginia in general. Why would he do that? Well,
1: Brad is a West Virginia boy, as he told me very proudly, and he, um, you know, he is close to his roots. He feels that that state was good to him as he, when he was growing up, and he feels it's a fabulous place. So he wants to help boost its economy. He and his wife are putting up the money for this program, and they hope to lure about a thousand remote workers there over the next five years starting with one town. This year, they're starting with the town of Morgantown, but it's going to, their program is going to spread to other towns. And then that program is offering 12,000 cash plus a year's worth of free recreational activities.
0: All right. For that program and and in general, can everyone qualify? I imagine not everyone can just up and move and, and get the money.
1: Right. All these programs have fine print. And actually, even if you meet their criteria, all of them are getting so many applications, they still have to sort of sort through them. So the fine print for pretty much all of them is you have to show that you have an income. You have to verify or get your employer to verify that you will be able to work remotely when you get there. And generally, you have to live there a year or two years. And and sometimes they ration out the money to make sure you're there that long. In some cases, you have to buy a house. Um, when they get too many applicants, which is pretty much the case with all the programs, they do some in, they do some interviews you know, over Zoom, they have people fill out questionnaires. They're trying to find people who will be a good fit, who want to be part of the community, who really want to do this um, as as changing their life. Not, you know, most people wouldn't throw their whole life away for $10,000, but maybe they would if they were desperate. But they're, they're not trying to find people who are desperate. They're trying to find people who genuinely want a new kind of lifestyle and will be integrated into the community. That raised the question for me of how do you make sure that you don't have unconscious bias in, in doing the selections? And um, you know all the programs assured me that they are not discriminating over you know race, ethnicity, religion, et cetera. Um, they're trying to have a variety of ages. They're trying to have a variety of sizes of families, you know, a mixture of single people, couples, and families with kids.
0: Well, you were very kind. I was going to ask whether they had conscious bias in their selections. All right. On a a related note, are they seeing interest? I mean, can we tell? Are, Are they getting a lot of takers?
1: Well, yes, they are seeing a you know as I said, a lot of them are feeling sort of swamped with applications, especially since the pandemic, and more people beginning to work remotely but you know all these programs are still fairly new, so there's not like a ton of people who've relocated. one of the biggest ones is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and that one's about um two or three years old, and they've had seven hundred people move there already, and they're hoping to do another seven hundred and fifty this year and that's just the people who took the offer those people moved with their spouses and kids. So those seven hundred people who moved there actually resulted in um, an in population of almost um, eighteen hundred people, I think. So yes, there is tremendous interest, but then you know it's still not for everybody. I also talked to somebody who you know was peaked; his interest was peaked by the offer in Michigan, which was a, a pretty good offer of um, fifteen thousand dollars toward a home down payment, or ten thousand toward a home down payment plus five thousand if you have kids in the schools. But at the end of the day, he and his wife decided they just weren't that interested in that community and it was a little too small town for them.
0: But again, I mean for the for the towns, putting up the money might actually be an investment, right? I mean, they could make more in, in taxes and things like that.
1: Absolutely yeah, it's, it's definitely an you know an economic revitalization strategy. and in many cases the parts the um, agencies within the towns running these are part of their economic development you know, Bureau, Um, it makes a lot of sense for them to to bring in new blood. As I said, people who who are good incomes and have money and will spend their money and will buy a house and pay property taxes, put their kids in the schools. The schools get more money based on how many kids are enrolled and the people will, you know, shop in the stores and use the banks and hopefully, you know, volunteer in civic organizations. So yes, the towns definitely see it as a win-win. The amount of money they're putting up is you know, actually small compared to what they could get back in return, especially if people stay there five, 10 years and put down roots and, you know, the, the their spending will trickle throughout the economy. All
0: right. I want to ask you about people that you've spoken to that have, have actually taken the plunge. What are, What are they saying?
1: So I I spoke at length to a woman who took the plunge in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I might've mistakenly previously said a a different city. So she was, um, this is pre-pandemic. She was a San Francisco resident with a tech job and she was just sort of tired of the San Francisco cost of living and social issues. And she was thinking of relocating. She looked at sort of the obvious places for a tech person like Austin and Seattle and Portland and felt they were all kind of oversubscribed already And she had never really thought of Tulsa or Oklahoma, but because she was Googling this stuff, the offer popped up in her browser and it kept following her around the web. So she finally said, all right, I'll just, you know, look into it. So she filled out the application. And I guess they have a very thoughtful application that asks you a lot about what are you really looking for in your life? What are your priorities in terms of where you live? What's important to you? And she said that was a really good exercise. And in doing that, it did crystallize for her that she was interested in a small town. And then she was part of their first wave. They actually contacted her and offered to fly her out and have her, you know, tour the town and show her around. And she thought, all right, well, what have I got to lose? I'll just do it. You know, it's a free trip, fun. So she went out there and spent a weekend and they showed her and, and and you know, talked about the program and talked about what the town had to offer. And she was sold and she took the offer and she moved there. And now she says she bought a house. She has a boyfriend. She's involved in volunteering. She's very involved also with the other people who have moved there. That actually is is one aspect we haven't touched on. A lot of these programs, it's not just they give you the money and then say, bye-bye, have a nice life. They continue to work with you. They want you to be happy and to be integrated into the community. So they set up things like networking events with other people who've moved there or networking events with people who already live there. Often they give access to a co-working space, um, so, the, which is another way to meet people. And, and she said she met, you know, a lot of people who would, were also moving there. And that's great because if you're a remote worker and you move to a small town where you don't know anybody, well, where are you going to meet people if you're sitting home in your bedroom every day doing your work? So that that's actually another sort of wraparound. Some of the programs have like a concierge service to help the people, the transplants, you know, find houses, figure out schooling, just figure out whatever they need. So, and that's that is another aspect of it. That's not a monetary um thing, but it's 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 a lot of extra support in moving somewhere.
0: Wow, last question, Carolyn. What about Hawaii? Are there any small towns in Hawaii that are on? Oh, towns? I
1: wish, I wish I wish. I didn't run across that, but I'll look into it.
0: <laughs> Too bad. It seems like such a great place for remote work.
1: Well, I mean, I think we did have an article a couple of months ago about a lot of tech workers have relocated there, at least temporarily, like they moved there and they rented houses for the duration. You know, Tahoe and Hawaii are two very popular places that Bay Area people relocated during the pandemic. But whether that's going to stick long term, I can't say. So. Yeah,
0: but no cash. All right. Carolyn, thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle reporter Carolyn Saeed, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode.